<clears throat> you know, according to uh, USA Today, uh, the year 2023 was given a few different names, right? Let me share a couple of them. The first name of 2023 was the year of the Swifties. Year of the Swifties. That, does anyone know what a, what a Swiftie is? A few, a few of you guys, right? Uh, Swifties uh, are, quote, the fandom of American singer-songwriter Taylor Swift, right? Taylor Swift's era tour uh, is the highest grossing tour of all time. And the tour had a wide, it says, cultural, economic, and political impact, not only in the U.S., but all over the world. She is so famous to the point where she, was, she is now Time's Person of the Year. She is that big. Uh, for us Swifties, it was a validation of all the hard work that she's put in, right? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, you know, I joke about that, but I don't think... I'm not a Swiftie, all right? I just wanted to let you know, all right? I, I do like... Her, I music. Okay, though, yeah. 2023 was also uh, called the year of the untouchable record. Uh, LeBron James, he broke the 30-year-long NBA scoring record thought to be unbreakable, untouchable. It took him 20 years of playing professional basketball at the highest level to do it. Now, I think it's safe to say that he is now the undisputed greatest of all time. <clears throat> People say, you know, oh, there's this guy back in Chicago, whatever, he's really good. I forgot, his name's like Mikel Hordon or something like that. But it's obviously LeBron, right? I mean, whatever. Now, the article in itself talked about a lot of different names. I mentioned these two because as funny as it may be, those were actually the only good ones that I could find. Because this article goes on to say that 2023 was actually considered a year of not only extreme political unrest, it was not only a year of false news, it was not only a year of banks and stocks failing, but it was a year where war and death became much more prevalent. And the article actually goes on to end by saying, because of the changing situation, as they were talking to people not only in the US, but all over the world, people felt more and more powerless than ever before. My church, even in our own lives, I've been able to speak with many of you and, and been able to experience 2023 with all of you, and I'm certain that all of us have experienced some type of failure in our lives. Our friends have failed us, our finances have failed us, our health has failed us. And so for a lot of us, there's this hopefulness looking into the year of 24, 2024, hoping that it will be different. And yet at the same time, there's a fear, a deep fear, uh, an understandable fear, knowing that things could get worse. But I want to encourage you today, and I want to say this one thing to you, that the dollar may rise or fall, nations may go to war. For us, we may feel powerless, but we serve a God who is all-powerful. For us in our life, for us as Christians, that is our strength. And that is the fact that we can have joy today. It is not because we are able to change the circumstances around us because there are many times we cannot. It is not because there are times when we know when bad things are going to happen because in the future we do not know what will happen. But what we are sure of 
is the foundation and the character of our God. And our God is all-powerful. Our God is never-ending. Our God will stay faithful to us, and our God loves us. And because of those things, and because we understand that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that he is on our side, we can trust in that fact. And so whatever circumstance we are going through, whatever hardship we are facing, whatever difficulty may arise in front of us, we are able to have hope. We are able to have joy. Do you see that? No matter how good things are, no matter how bad things are, it doesn't matter because our eyes are not focused upon the winds and the waves around us. Our eyes are focused upon the character of God. That's who we worship. And we trust that our God is all-powerful. Our God loves us. And I believe that if you believe in this, that your life will never be the same. I believe that if our church holds on to this, that if we are dependent upon this, that if our view and our perspective is on Jesus Christ alone, then there will be revival in this church. There will be change that happens here. The Holy Spirit will do something amazing in this church. All we have to do is wait patiently because God is going to do it, right? You see, my church, this is what Psalm 33 is about. It was written to remind us of those times when we may be running on empty. It's written for us to to just give us that sense of confidence to know that even if the things around us may be shaky, that even if the things around us may be going up and down, for us, our focus is on the power of God. And when our focus is upon who God is and what he has done and upon his character, then we can always have joy. We can always have hope. And 2024 will be a year full of blessing, will be a year full of hope, will be a year full of just great things for us in that way. And I'm not talking about material blessing. I'm not talking about a year full of great ups in terms of what the world thinks. I'm talking about how, the, how God will shape you into the man and the woman of God that he desires you to be. And as Christians, that is our ultimate desire, to be closer to the Lord, right? Now, before we have hope in the power of God, what I want to do today is just really a short message on the power of God and what the power of God really is. So let's look at the definition of power. Verse 6 and 7, it says this, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Now, let me ask you a question. If I ask you, who is the most powerful person in the United States, how would you answer? Maybe we would say Elon Musk. We would say uh, my mom or dad. I don't know. We would say somebody, right? But I think for many of us, as we ponder that question, we would come to the conclusion that it would be the president of the United States. You see, the reason why we would think of him as the most powerful man is because one of the definitions of power is the ability to act out what you desire. That's what makes the president so powerful. He is able to put into law those things that he desires to happen. Now, when we think about that, that seems all good and great, that the president is powerful. However, what we see is that in this passage, we're told about a power that makes even the president look weak. 
It is the power that God has. By one word, it says that he made the stars. He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. For our God, he created something out of nothing. He is the creator of the universe. It is through him and because of him, all things are held together. That is our Lord. You see, I said that one of the definitions of power is the ability to act out what one desires, right? That means if a, desi- if a person desires to build a house and actually builds it, then that person has more power than the person who desires to build a house but can't. It's why, for a lot of us, we think of billionaires like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk as really powerful. You know, for me, like, I love sushi, right? I love steak. I could eat it all day, every day, right? Now, I enjoy going to eat steak at, you know, Texas Roadhouse. I like eating steak at, I like eating sushi at, you know, Sushi Cho or wherever, you know, all these places around here. But there are times when I do crave sushi, like authentic sushi from Japan, right? There are times when I want, like, Wagyu beef from, from Japan. Like, I haven't eaten it. I've seen documentaries on it, and I want to eat it. I, I just want to try, right? If you ever want to take me there, please just let me know. I will go with you. Uh, you have to pay for me, but still, we'll, we'll, let's go together, right? I want that. But even though that's my desire, I can't really act it out, right? I have to set aside time. I have to gather money. I have to do all these different things in order to let that happen. My desire and what I, what I can do, there's a, there's a gap there. But when you think of people like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, if they want sushi from Japan, flown to them on a private plane, gone to the best hotel with Gordon Ramsay cooking up another side dish for them, they can have it done, right? That is what makes them powerful. It is because what they desire and what actually happens is close for them. It's a reality for them. They are more powerful than me. Now, the thing is, though, even the richest cannot do everything that they want. What we also know is that even the president has limits on what he is able to do. However, the Bible says that God's power is infinite. God's power is eternal. It is unending. In other words, there is no gap between what God desires and what comes to be. This is what this passage is saying. This is what it means to be all-powerful. That he speaks and it is. He commands the winds and the waves to obey and they obey. For him, he desires to create. If God desires to want something, it will happen. There is nothing there that stops that gap from happening. For God, because he is all-powerful, because he is God, everything that he thinks, that he desires, it will come to pass. Daniel 4.35, it says that God does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of earth. That's something we trust in. That for us, even though our power is finite, even though there's only so much that we can accomplish, at the end of the day, we are not serving ourselves. We serve a God whose power is infinite. We serve a God who is able to do all things. We serve a God who, whatever he desires, it will come to pass. And therefore, we pray to our Lord. We don't pray to ourselves. And we ask and we trust in the Lord, saying, God, because you are all-powerful, because you are all-loving, because you are on our side, I trust that whatever I'm going through, it is according to your desire. 
because I know that what you desire will come to pass. Satan has no place in this, in this area here. Whatever Satan desires to do, there will always be a gap there because you are here. I know that whatever situation I am facing today, God, you have desired it for me because I know that in a moment you could change it. That's why I trust that the good things in my life are from you, but I also trust that even the bad things in my life are meant to help me to grow. This is what it means to trust in the power of God. Verse 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. This means that his plans are not only good, they do not change. For us, we trust in the Lord who is constant. I said this before, our Jesus, he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That means that God is not a man who changes his mind. He is not somebody who moves with the culture, who shifts with time. Our God is the author of time. And so if we believe and trust in that, it means that the plans that he has for us, whatever we're going through in this moment or in the future, are plans that he has already set from before. There are plans that he knows are good for us and that we will continue to move forward in faith and joy and in peace because what he desires and what actually happens, there is no gap. Do you see that? Verse 10, it says, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the people. The most powerful men and women can strategize and plan and devise, but if God does not desire it to happen, it will not happen. Millions can try to move in one direction. Countries can try to go in this one area. And yet, if it is not what God desires, then it will not happen. That is what we trust in. And so once again, my brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you in this new year that whatever situation you will face, I want to continue to push. It is only allowed and ordained by God that his will for your life will come to pass regardless of whatever is standing in your way. And so for us, do not be disappointed. Do not be frustrated. Do not be discouraged. Trust in the Lord. Trust in his character. Stop looking upon the situations around you and focus upon who he is. A focus upon his power and his love. And I guarantee you that you will have joy in your circumstances. You know, there's a quote that I think is so powerful by theologian John Newton. He says, everything is necessary that God sends. Nothing can be necessary that he withholds. Everything given to you is on purpose from the Lord. And yet at the same time, everything that he withholds is also on purpose to help you to grow into the person that he desires you to be. There is no situation, there is no financial difficulty, there is no economic downturn that can thwart his plans for you. Because his plans and his actions are the same thing. Because he is all-powerful. There is no gap in his desire for your life and what he actually does in your life. Amen? Yeah. And if you truly understand God's power, then you will understand what it means when the Bible says to fear the Lord. We hear that a lot, right? Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. But what does that actually mean? You see, verse 8 here, it says... When it talks about God's power, it then goes straight into, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. It means that for us, 
when we are in fear of him, that we are in awe and reverence of all that he is, of all that he has done. And yet at the same time, it is also a fear to those who are not with him. It is a fear to those who do not believe in him to say, this is a day of judgment that will come to you. There is a day that you will have to account for your sins. And so turn back now. Come in fear before the Lord. So there is a fear of awe and reverence, and yet at the same time, there is a fear of dread for both those sides. The, the, the thing that it depends upon is whose side are you on, right? Let me give you an example of that. Think of it this way. In the 1997 NBA Finals, right, the Chicago Bulls were playing the Utah Jazz. Now, this was when Michael Jordan was at his peak, right? He was a monster. He was so good. He would be able to, the moment he went on uh, the court, man, he could do whatever he wanted. He scored as many points as he'd want, right? Now, before game five of the finals, Michael Jordan suddenly became extremely sick. The media was going crazy thinking that he wasn't going to play. The Utah Jazz, I'm sure, were excited as well, thinking, okay, finally, we're going to be able to win. Finally, we're able to overcome this hurdle. The game starts. Michael Jordan comes on. He makes a shot. Then another, then another. He ends up finishing with 38 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. He plays 44 out of 48 minutes. You see, on that day, there are two types of fear that were felt. A fear of dread by the opposing team, knowing that nothing could stop this man. And yet at the same time, there was a fear felt by the Bulls, knowing that they had a man that no one could stop. And so that fear, it all depended on whose side Michael Jordan was on. That's just a small microcosm of what we believe with our Lord. Think of the power that Michael Jordan has, yes, it is incomparable to the power that our Lord has. And so for us, Paul, he says in Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? That if we are on God's side, that if we trust in the Lord, that our fear is simply in reverence and in awe of all that he has done. That all we have to do is pray to him, cling to him, be dependent upon him. And if we are dependent upon him, then we trust that God is working all of these things. We know that our ability is not good enough by itself. But that's okay. Because we worship a God who is all that and more. That he is able to move and change and create something out of nothing. And that is who we are praying to. You know, Stephen Sharnock, a theologian, he says this, without God's power, his mercy would be but a feeble pity, his promises but lovely sentiments, his threatenings a mere scarecrow. God's power is infinite, eternal, incomprehensible. It can neither be checked, restrained, nor limited. What a wonderful thing that we have a God who is all-powerful, that we have a God who we can trust in in this way. And that's why this verse, this passage goes on. Because we always have to check our hearts. Because there is always a power struggle when bad things happen. We can say that we trust in the Lord. That when bad situations happen, that we will trust in who he is. And yet, when bad situations happen, what is naturally going to happen is that two roads lead. Two roads open up. And one is going to be trusting in our own power. And one is going to be trusting in God's power. 
You see, when difficult times occur, my question to you is, do you rely on your own strength or upon the strength of God? Now, what's interesting here is that scholars say that because God is a God of power and because we're made in the image of God, the desire for power is godly and good. It's actually a good thing. Now, that's interesting because in the church context, power is almost always shown in a bad light, right? To be spiritual means that we should be humble and, and we should try not to strive for too much. Power is equated with greed, and greed is you know, a sin, and, and all of that is prideful. But biblical scholars know that it is natural and right for us to aspire to be powerful. It's a good thing. It's good that you desire to make an impact in this world. It's a good thing that you want to be influential. It's a good thing that, that, you, that you want to do. That's a godly thing. We were created by a God of power, and therefore we should be reaching for power too. However, my brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us that there are two ways that we can go about in that pursuit of power. These two ways are found in verse 16 and 20. Verse 16 says, The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. And on the other side, verse 20 says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. You see, there is a way that you can trust in yourself. There's a way that you can trust in your own power. And yet what the Bible says is that that will lead to failure. That will lead to destruction. It will never lead you in the right place. And yet at the same time, there is a path that will lead to good things. There is a path that will lead to righteousness. And that is a path in trusting in the Lord as your Savior. There is a path that is trusting in God as your shield. And when you do that, that's when things will come into fruition. That's when, thing, that's when you will be blessed. That's when you will find contentment. You see, verse 17 says, the war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might it cannot rescue. The more you trust in yourself, the more you trust in your power, the more likely you will fail. And my brothers and sisters, I believe that all of us, including myself, have faced this before. I'm sure that many of us have faced this in this past year that we can proclaim with our mouths that God is good, that he is all-powerful, and yet when bad situations happen, that is when we trust in our own power, we trust in our own abilities. But I want to encourage you today, the best way that you can change that mindset is going to be through prayer. That when difficult situations arise, when bad things happen, prayer first, prayer to the Lord, asking the Lord for guidance, for help. And in that way, you are guiding and leading. You're asking the Lord to guide and lead you in whatever situation you are facing. That's why it says here that our God is our uh, shield. Shields are used when facing the enemy. Shields are used when we are going in the eye of the storm, going forward. Shields aren't used by deserters who run away and do whatever else they want. Our shield is our faith in the Lord. And so trust in your shield. Trust in the Lord. Trust in his character as you move forward. Now, you see, when you're in a desperate situation, I want you to focus on these two things here. First is going to be in God as all-powerful, that there is no gap between what he desires and what actually happens. And you also trust in the fact that God is all-loving, that he desires your good, that he loves you, that he will welcome you with open arms 
when you come to him. And when you trust in those two things, that whatever situation that you are heading to in the future, that you can have peace and you can be understanding that you can have joy in those things because you know that God is all-powerful and he is all-loving and he is working for your good. This is why for uh, Paul in the book of Philippians, he is able to say, I have contentment in all things, even in my shipwrecks, even in my imprisonment, even in all these things, I have joy, I have contentment, because his focus was not upon the things around him, his focus was upon Jesus Christ. It's why Peter as well, when he was walking on water, he was able to have faith and continue to move forward. There was only one reason why. It was because he was looking upon Jesus Christ. His focus was upon him the entire way. And yet, it was when he turned his head, it was when he looked upon the winds, he looked upon the waves, he saw what he was doing, that was when he began to sink. It was because his focus turned away from Jesus and focused towards the situations around him. And that's why, my brothers and sisters, I pray that this message will speak to you in this new year. That as we head into this last day and into 2024, I believe that God is going to have blessings upon blessings in your life. I truly believe that. And yet at the same time, what we also know is that there will be hardship. There will be difficulty. There will be things that happen that I cannot even fathom. And yet through it all, for us as Christians, we have a secret. We have the key to contentment. And that is our focus upon Jesus Christ. Our focus is upon him, that he is all-powerful and that he is all-loving. And that when we trust upon those things and we stop focusing upon the situation around us, that's when we will find contentment. That's when we will have supernatural joy. That's when we will have supernatural peace. And we will to move forward running and being an influence to other people. May I look at my brothers and sisters who are, who are so mature in their faith, who are able to endure, who are able to, have, who are able to continue to move forward even in the face of so much hurt, so much pain, so much of those things. And when I speak to them, the reason why is because they are focused upon who God is, not upon what has happened in their life. They trust that God has a reason for those things because they trust in the character of God. My brothers and sisters, do you trust in the character of God? Do you trust that he has a plan and a purpose for your life? If you do, then 2024 is going to be an amazing year of blessing. He is going to grow you, shape you in a way that you cannot have even imagined. I guarantee you that. And so, my brothers and sisters, I pray that you would just be pushed, that you would just pray those things, and you would just ask the Lord to continue to raise you up as as leaders and as Christians and as men and women who really know and trust in the character of God. Amen? Yeah, let's pray.